Welcome to the family with Hackmaster Ralph W. Basham, MD. Alex Brampenard Rasmussen. Sitting in for Andy, Cassie Schrader. And we have a special guest in the second hour coming up next. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether or not you decide you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy (laughs) if i'm hanging out with you Uh, maybe (laughs) okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Tommy, how long have you been at KQ? 36 years now. Wow, that's loyalty. Well, if I'm completely honest, it isn't the company that I'm loyal to. It's the listeners. I figured out a long time ago they're the only reason I have a job. Why are you asking? Well, we had another great month at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan. In fact, Burnsville continues to be the number one Nissan store in Minnesota. The loyalty part. Get to the loyalty part. Oh, yeah. This month, if you buy or lease a new Rogue or a Pathfinder from us, we'll give you an extra 500 off as long as you own or are leasing a Nissan. That is cool. Do they have to trade it? Nope. It's just a reward for being loyal. By the way, the new Pathfinder is fantastic. It's got a nine-speed transmission, and JLo says it'll practically pull the building. We also cut a deal with our good buddy Charlie Swenson, who's running a Nissan store in Chicago. He gave us some extra rogues. Because Charlie's such a nice guy. Well, Paul might have threatened him. Sounds like Paul. For details, go to Walzer Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan and claim your loyalty gift. Tommy, give him some Elvis loyalty. Thank you. Thank you very much. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Jennifer Fernjack, our special guest, greater than the power and strength of emotional grit. This is this is going to be fascinating for me, Jennifer, because I uh, I tend to admire people that have grit. Well, thanks, Tom. I'm happy to be here. I know that um, last time I was on the show, I believe it was 2018, and I had shared my list of reasons why it's positive to have a brain tumor. Yes, <laughs> yeah, might... yes, absolutely. <laughs> which might sound kind of uh, counterintuitive, but um, I can tell you that since then, a lot of people have asked me, well, Jen, where do you get your mindset from? Is it nature or nurture or both as far as, you know, trying to be positive? And I would say a good chunk of it is nurture. You know, it's, it's, I was raised up in Cloquet, which is a small mill town up by Duluth. Sure. And you know, our, our ice arena where the guys played hockey didn't have any heat <laughs> except, for, except for a few space heaters oh here or there. Oh, my God. So, Oh, yeah, and people might view being at a hockey game without, you know, like actual heat heat as a problem, but, you know, it was the warmth of our cheers, it was our body heat, it was <laughs> wearing choppers, the leather gloves to, to clap with that made a difference, and, you know, a, a lot of the guys that uh, that played um, did so, like, went on to play uh, at, the, at the collegiate level. Sure. Um, there were guys ahead of me that played professionally afterwards, 
Um, Corey Millen went on to play for uh, the mm-hmm. LA Kings with Wayne Gretzky. Uh, Derek Plant and Jamie Langerbrenner went on to play for the Dallas Stars and win the Stanley Cup. So when you can view the cold as a challenge, as opposed to, oh, I've got to endure this, you know, you, you figure out the how. You, you make it work. <laughs> no, and that's the environment I was raised in. For some reason, Jennifer, I need your help on who is the very famous actress from Cloquet? Jessica Lang. Jessica Lang, that's exactly who it is. I love her. She's yep, terrific. Great actress. Yep, she's, mm-hmm. she's amazing. Greater than the power and strength of emotional grip. Most people assume that being brave is the absence of fear, when in reality it can mean feeling afraid and being able to perse- uh, persevere anyway. If you're open to such things as the power of music, gratitude, pets, laughter, random acts of kindness, or facing fears, you can change or enhance your perception of life in the most trying times. The timing of this interview is really good because I have a couple questions for you, and we have a doctor in the house, so that's going to help too. But I have, a, I have a thing. Uh, when I was 11 years old, I got in a fight with a local kid in my neighborhood. And his buddy came up behind me and hit me in the head with a baseball bat. Ooh, and and okay. later, it cracked my skull in like three places, which is a thrill. But, um, yo, you can still feel him, Ralph, right here. You can still feel him right Jeez. over there. But the amazing thing about that, Jennifer, is, is that it affected my amygdala which means I don't, and I didn't know this until I found out much, much later in life, that I don't ever, okay. I don't have even close to the same level of fear that most people do. And it's not that I'm brave or anything like that. I just, I just don't feel it the same way people do. And another doctor, uh, Ralph, you can, you can, you know, I'll run this by you and see if you would have said the same thing. He said, you know, honest to God, Tom, if that had happened a little bit further in any direction, you'd probably be a murderer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. Because apparently you, okay. you you could lose all emotion. Yeah, you can just become the ultimate psychopath where you lose all emotion. You could care about any, you could care less about anything. Yeah, oh yeah, that's that's so that true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Bra- brain injuries are still a little bit of a black box ish kind of a thing, where you're yeah. not quite sure, you know, not quite sure what's going to be the end result. It is pretty, but I see the, the great thing about that, Jennifer, is I didn't even know it until much later in life. So to to look at greater than the power and strength of emotional grit, um, I I do, you know, obviously have deep love in my heart. So it didn't affect that part. Ralph, why would it affect my fear, but it wouldn't affect my emotion, like of love and and happiness? Because it's those are separate areas in your brain, and totally you're controlled separate. by separate uh, uh, separate chem- even yeah. separate chemicals. So it's just a, just an entirely different process. That's why I, that's why I said that the brain is still a bit of a black box. No one right, has right. Uh, no one had no one completely understands the brain. Like like what did uh, Billy Billy Martin say about the base, game of baseball? No one understands the game of baseball completely. It's it, there's an element of yeah, that where true. there's always that's there's true. a mystery to so many of these things. Um, now I should ask, you know, did, did, did did you change after your uh, brain? Did you change personality wise? No, I had a, a brain tumor in the outer lining of my brain, so it wasn't brain damage. It was just it was a tumor. Thankfully, it wasn't cancerous, but it was in the meninges, which is the outer lining of the brain, oh, uh, between God. my optic nerve and my and my carotid artery. So, you know, not not really an ideal spot per se, but but it, no. it is interesting how <laughs> going <laughs> going through something like this, you you learn to view life through a lens of gratitude. You're, you're grateful for certain things. I mean. I'm grateful that after coming out of my surgery, 
I can still see and hear and smell and taste yeah, and yeah. just things that you take for granted before. Now I'm, I'm grateful for. Yeah. Well, personality changes occur. My father went through a terrible, terrible, terrible closed head injury, and uh, and I was told I never knew the guy any different because I was born after oh, this injury. Sure, yeah. But he he said his personality did change. He was a different person after that, yep. more withdrawn, yep. quiet, and just different person. Wow, it's also interesting though, from a positive perspective, how there are different areas of the brain that that do different things. Like I've read stories about people who have had strokes, and maybe now they have a hard time talking. But they can sing, because you you sing with a different part of your brain. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah one in one in in the, your brain, part, parts of your brain will suppress other parts of your brain, or control other parts of your brain, or there'll be a, a, a synergy between other, other parts of your brain. And it's not only unique in a person's brain, but then it's different between people. So there's your genetic and your genetic makeup can affect the way the way things are. So your creativity, your uh, your intellect, all those things are just a very complex thing that, you know, I, I think we're just getting an infantile knowledge of at this time. Yeah, you probably oh, yeah, I, I agree. You know, by coincidence, in a way, I guess, Mitch Album was on the morning show this morning. He's got a new book out at about, uh, it's basically about these people that are set afloat. They're on a, they're on an, uh, a ship crossing the ocean, and I think, 10, 12 of them live through it, and they're in the boat, and this guy swims up to the boat. Now they're praying to God that they're, gonna, they're going to, uh, to live. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this guy swims up and gets on their little raft, and they said, oh, this is just amazing. I, I just, you know, we were reaching out to God, and he goes, well, that's who I am. And they go, what? They go, I'm God. And we didn't go any further because he wants everybody to read the book. Whoa. But it's really kind of cool in that. It, it, so he and I had a discussion about uh, about God being a short version of good and about de-evil, the devil is evil. and all. So even if you don't believe there are beings like God and the devil, there is God, good, and de-evil, devil. Um, but what you bring up in your descriptor for your book, I love this because... It's the way I operate. If you're open to such things as the power of music, gratitude, pets, laughter, random acts of kindness, or facing fears, you can change or enhance your perception. After going through that that injury, and I didn't even know I had a brain injury, by the way. I was never treated for it. I just had a cracked skull, and you know, because I was never treated for that. Wow. But the, the amazing thing about that is, is I, and I brought this up, and Alex would probably get embarrassed by this, but I said, look, oh, I can prove there's a God. I don't know if there's a being God, but I can prove there's a God because I have a wife, I have a son, I have a daughter, I have grandkids, I have a great bunch of friends, I have a great job. Of course there's a God for me. That's a lot of good. If you, I mean, that's enough for me. If there's all that good in the world, good, God, however you want to say it. doesn't matter to me. Well, and Tom, don't forget you also have Jude. Judy, <laughs> yeah, you got to throw Jude in there. Jude! Oh, uh, Jude, every night, and when I kiss Catherine goodnight every night, he lays there, and once in a while he'll roll over on his back, so I'll pet him on his chest. Like, oh, and what's it called? Night-night pets. Night-night oh, pets. Yeah, he wants his night-night pets. Yep, absolutely. Every night i got to give him his night-night pets. Otherwise. But see, I mean, that to me... If a dog loves you that much, that's good by me. You know what I mean? You've got a great oh, yeah. life. That's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it's, it's interesting, too, how if you have a sense of hope, like yes. whether it's through things you've experienced or people in your life, 
it can also affect you physically. I know in my book, I mentioned a conversation I had with a stranger on an airplane who served in Vietnam. And he had told me stories about uh, medics he knew over there who, sh- who talked about um, soldiers who were dying in their arms. But they could actually tell a material difference in their vital signs once those soldiers heard the sounds of the helicopters coming to save them. Oh, because they knew where they were going to be saved. They they knew they were either going to go home or go to the hospital or supplies were coming. Yep. But yeah, once they heard the sounds of those Hueys, it gave them a sense of hope, and it made a difference in their vital signs. Pretty amazing. Jennifer, what do you think happened to people? I'm going to throw a story out from the morning show, which I cannot believe. And this is not necessarily directly about what we're talking about, but it is perception again. And perception is a big mm-hmm. a big part of greater than. There's I know, the power and yeah. the strength of emotional grit. It's about perception. Um, and by the way, I just wanted to point out to Mr. Gelfand, but he's not on anymore. There is also the mensch on the bench. I didn't know that there's elf oh, yeah. on a shelf. There's also the mensch on the bench. <laughs> I got to buy one. Which I didn't know. <laughs> they were on Shark Tank. They were, oh, mensch on the bench was yep, on Shark like Tank. Like years ago. Oh, I didn't know and that. And I saw them on Shark Tank, and then I started seeing it in the store, and then they wrote, there's like a book and all that stuff. So, oh, yeah. Jennifer, there was a family, I can't remember what city it was in, it was in America, but there was a family that, that uh, had, to, had to do a little, t- had to sit down and have a talk with their children, and they said they were going to take away the elf on the shelf because it caused too much distress and emotional uh, unhappiness and unease and all the rest of it, so we can't do it. They literally claimed that they felt so much pressure, they got depressed because they forgot to move the elf one night. Oh, the they literally no, wanted to go right to the hospital. I'm telling you, <laughs> Jesus, I'm telling what? you that that some people put so much energy, energy? and effort into this elf on a shelf thing. So I have, I have, <laughs> I yeah, I have, I, I have a five year old, I have a five and a half year old, and a three and a half year old. And the first time that we did elf on the shelf was last year, and we so. The whole thing of Elf on the Shelf is that Santa sends it to your house to watch your children's behavior during the day and then flies back to the North Pole to report back to Santa on how the kids were behaving. But a lot of parents put, like, just elaborate... Because oh, because the elf comes back every morning and is in like a new spot position. spot and a new whatever, <laughs> and some people put like hours of effort into because the kids wake up and they look for where the elf is and blah 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 blah. I, I think it's, it's creepy. So <laughs> it's creepy. so creepy. Oh, and you can't touch the elf because then they'll lose their magic. Oh yeah, and all this stuff. But we got an elf on the shelf last year, and we don't do the like. She reports back to Santa, and she's watching you. We're just like, oh, she flew here from the North Pole, and she'll go back the day after Christmas. And, like, she's just here to, and she flies around, and she'll be in a new spot at night, and you can play with her if you want to. And she, when my kids wake up, she'll be, like, sitting on top of the fridge or, like, in a chair or one time she was in a light fixture. Like, nothing. It takes... 10 seconds for us to put our elf on the shelf in her situation. I'll forget to move mine and Max would wake up. Oh, yeah. Why didn't he move? Oh, the weather was bad. <laughs> I, I completely forgot. Turbulence issue. Yeah. Oh. I know. But yeah, it's amazing what some people do as far as the elf on the shelf. Like the things that you see online, it's just unbelievable. I know. You get it for the nostalgic part of it and this, you know, the thing for, you know, for Christmas. It's fun yeah. for the kids. And then you realize, 
damn it, I'm responsible for one more thing. <laughs> I know, exactly. And we're like, we're just going to make it super easy. Yeah. Because my husband wakes up early to work out every morning, and so he's just in charge of putting the elf where she go. goes. He? <laughs> um, they're claiming now that the, the, the guy, the family had said that uh, the guy's a judge, but I don't think he was kidding when he said he now said, oh, I was just kidding. Uh, Christmas tradition frequently touted by parents and others as creepy, disturbing, and unnecessary stress. I agree. Yeah. It's if you tra- too stressful to <laughs> no. move an elf. No, if no, I think it's oh, I think it's distressful for the children because they're like this elf is here watching us, and we have to <laughs> you behave. Don't have to tell them that. That's part, what every. Though. That's what the whole elf on the shelf thing oh, is, and that's what Christ. most people what do. What about the bench and the bench? Which we that's different. <laughs> that's different. <laughs> well, and if you read the, the elf, because the elf on the shelf comes with a book, and the book oh, explains okay. that the elf is watching you. Blah blah blah. I threw the book away. Yeah, when I got the elf on the shelf, I was just like, we just want the toy and the kids can play with it and we're not going to have the elf watching. I I saw the other day at Target a Santa cam. It's a it's like a security camera that people put in their houses to say, like, kids, Santa's watching you. This is the camera. Oh, don't do that to your kids. So Come creepy. On. So creepy. That and, is creepy. And talk about stress. The kids are like, he's watching every move that right. we and, make. And, and, this... Santa, and Santa has facial recognition. Yeah. <laughs> and like this, exactly. this man no. is sitting there watching oh, us all day. I'm like, that's effing creepy. Cassie, will no. you call Gelfin and tell him I'm converting to Judaism? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm you not can do on a bench. I know. I have to get the mensch on the bench because we found out I'm part Jewish. <laughs> yeah, you are. Exactly. So, and my, my oldest boy is really, I mean, he's going full bore, like, studying Ashkenazi Jews because that's where we, what we are. You're Ashkenazi? And, okay. Yeah. And that's he's Spanish, just, isn't it? Well, I, I think it's part, and then uh, Eastern Europe and Russia. Are considered oh, Ashkenazi, but oh, okay. uh, so I'm going to get him one for Christmas. Which one was Sephardic? Sephardic is that which, one of them is Spanish? I yeah, know yeah, that. Yeah, which ones were thrown out of uh, uh, Spain during the Inquisition? That's the outfit, that one. I bet. Yeah, who are they? Oh, I bet you're right about that. Yeah. I oh, bet who would have right. thought that an elf? That an elf could make a brain tumor seems so normal. Yeah. I guess maybe I'm lucky. I don't know. Yeah, you're lucky you didn't have an elf on a shelf. <laughs> yeah, two, two elves right. on the shelves. We have two of them, a female oh, and a male. Uh, oh, do you? Yeah, we have two. How can you tell? Well, the, the girl has little earrings. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we have so percent of guys. And long eyelashes. Yeah, yeah we have very... Susie Snowflake and Clyde. Susie Snowflake. We have Crystal. Okay. Ours is Crystal. What's that? What's this, another thing that stares at the kids? No, it's that's what it's, that's the what... elf on the shelf's name. So you have to give them a yeah. name, and you have to well, you properly okay. adopt them and register it with the North Pole. We didn't do any of that. Oh. <laughs> we literally like, here's a toy. It'll be in a new place every morning. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Well, Jennifer, I have to ask you now. How old were you when you discovered yeah. you had this tumor? Oh, let's see. It was, it was in 2016. So, yeah, I would have been 42. Okay, you're 42 years old. So, And then... Yep. Uh, Obviously, you remember that day. How did it feel? That did you? Well, no, at first, you I'm sure didn't know if it was cancer or not. I suppose, right? Correct. So, how did yeah, that feel? Yeah, and, and the thing is, I, I didn't even have so much as a headache that I could that I could think oh, about at yeah. all. So, I had no clue. It was uh, going to an eye appointment where my eye doctor acted on a hunch because she noticed I didn't do as well for two years in a row on a peripheral vision test. Oh. So she had me go to a specialist. And the specialist ran more tests, but he acted on a hunch as well. And so he had me have get the MRI. 
And again, I thought, oh, I'm just checking the box. I'm doing the MRI. Fine. Right. Who cares? Because right. I didn't, I couldn't feel any symptoms. But then the very next day after the MRI, that's when I got the phone call. And I basically the, the uh, eye specialist said, I'm afraid I have some bad news for you. It appears as though you have a brain tumor. And because I didn't have any symptoms that I could feel, it was almost like we were talking about a third party. Oh, sure. So, you know, so I asked a bunch of questions. And I took notes and what have you. But then the emotion hit me when I when I got off the phone. And I literally curled up in a ball on my bedroom floor having this visceral response and you know, convinced I was going to go blind or was I going to die from yeah, the surgery, if yeah. not the tumor itself. And But then I would say in about... 10 minutes or so of laying on my floor, I thought, okay, I can't let this consume me. So that's when I made that list of reasons why it's positive to have a brain tumor. <laughs> and well, by, by, making the, by, <laughs> by making the list, it wasn't that I was in denial. I just wanted a, a perceived sense of control because it, it made me feel like, okay, you know what? If I can look for the positive in this, I can somehow get my mind around it and what have you. And the surgery was four months later. And thankfully... Uh, that's when I found out it was, I got the confirmation that it wasn't cancerous, but because of its ominous location by the carotid artery, oh, that's why yeah. the neurosurgeon <laughs> removed uh, half of it, and the other half got radiation um, with the hopes of killing the cells, even though it wasn't cancerous. So, so so far, so good. No no evidence of regrowth yet. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful. And it's just, it's interesting how many positive things have come out of it. Uh, just with the, the public speaking that I've done and now through the book that I've written, being able to not just uh, have my story of emotional grit in the book, but being able to collect stories from other other people as well, it's kind of given me like a, a renewed faith in humanity. You know, when you can when you can look at the, the media oftentimes with a lot of negative headlines, this is positive. You know, I mean, I, I interviewed yeah. somebody who went down with a 35W bridge collapse. Oh, yeah. And... Yeah, I mean, he literally woke up three weeks later in the hospital, didn't know where he was. His jaw was wired shut. He had pretty much almost every bone broken in his body. And when I interviewed him, I, I just said, well, what was your healing process like? And what's, what's your new normal? And he mentioned things such as uh, he, can, he can't smell uh, cigarette smoke or, or the smoke from a campfire, but he can sense it because of the chemicals, even though he can't smell it now because really? of his injury. Yeah, so things you would just kind of take for granted. But, but when um, I interviewed him, he said, you know, I didn't just survive my, in my injuries. I learned to truly live because of them. He has a renewed, you know, like just zest for life. And now he does things like skydiving and goes motorcycle, you know, riding. And he just, he's like, you know what? The, the bridge, yes, I cheated death there, but it was on the terms of the bridge. I want to face death and face danger on my terms. And, yeah, so now he does things like skydiving and has this renewed sense of, you know, zest for life. Pretty amazing. You know, Jennifer, it's so amazing. You're reminding me of so many things that have happened in my life. I just, when I was a teenager, like in my mid-teen years, the Vietnam War was going on and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Right? So one of the neighborhood boys went off. Uh, actually, four of them from my neighborhood were killed in Vietnam, unfortunately. But... Uh, oh, this guy went off, and, and it kind of ties in with what you're talking about in a way. Uh, he stepped on a landmine and got his right leg blown off. I mean, his leg just got oh, completely wow. blown off, right? So he gets home, mm -hmm. and I see him, you know, a while later. This is after treatment and all the rest of it. So he's adjusting to his, uh, to his you know, new leg and all that stuff. And I said... So is there anything that bothers you? And he goes, yeah, but I don't want to tell you what it is. 
And I said, why don't you want to tell me what it is? He goes, because you're not mature enough to understand. I said, you don't know that. So what's the problem? He goes, okay, I'm going to tell you. My right foot hurts. And I said, what? He goes, yeah, my right foot hurts every day. And I said, but you don't have a right foot. He goes, I know, that's the problem. <laughs> Phantom <laughs> pain. Oh, Phantom, Phantom pain. Isn't that a, He said oh. literally he could feel his right foot hurt even though he didn't yeah. have a right foot anymore. <laughs> that's <laughs> the problem. That is a problem. Yes. Right. So, right. It, it literally goes back to the brain being a black box. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's like what Ralph was saying. It's a black box, isn't it, Ralph? Yeah, well... Uh, that's that's actually the the phantom pain is a peripheral nerve pain. Oh, is and what it? happens is that okay. the, the sensory nerves on your on the stump uh, will get a neuroma on them, and that neuroma can cause uh, abnormal firing of that nerve and oh, discomfort, God. which oh. you perceive because it's your brain is mapped to that nerve. Sure. That nerve used to go to your foot, so you get that sense. <laughs> so it's, it can be a terrible thing and debilitating in some ways. That's what he said. Yeah. However, yeah. there is new there is new treatment. Where what you do is you take that nerve, you after the amputation, or if you have this, or even when you're doing an amputation, you take that nerve and you sew it to the end of a motor nerve, which doesn't have sensory nerve. You sew them together, and that will go a long way to reduce that discomfort and that symptomatology. Something out of Northwestern University, I saw one of the uh, the chief uh, plastic surgeon down there was doing, and I go, man, this is space age, but it can really help. It's, it's something that's new, and I don't know how available it is uh, nationwide, but it is a cool treatment for that yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah, see, this was 50-some years yeah. ago. Oh, so no treatment then. No treatment at all. Right. Then. God. Well, it's, it, it, it's also interesting how you don't realize what you're capable of until something does happen. And I know in my book, I wrote about Ben Sliney. He was the um, um, operations manager for the FAA on 9-11. Mm-hmm. And he was, the, he was the person who made the decision to have over 4,000 planes in, in U.S. airspace land that day. Oh, yeah. Fearing additional, additional attacks. Yep. But here's the catch. It was his first day on the job. Oh, God. Yeah, first day on the job. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, so it's it's interesting how you you don't know what you're made of until all of a sudden it's it's you you got to figure out the how. And I I also interviewed somebody who served as a firefighter at Ground Zero on 9/11. Mm-hmm. And one of the most stunning things he shared with me was that when he wanted to become a firefighter, he had to wait for seven years. There was an actual seven-year wait list of people God. wanting to serve. Wonderful. And, and putting the lives of others ahead of their own. Yep. Yeah, seven-year seven year wait list. That is just so, unbelievable. Yeah, it's it, it's amazing. And, and circling back to, uh, you know, Minnesota being so cold, and when you can't not experience the cold, you figure out the how. Um, I did my undergraduate degree up at UMD, and I remember one time I was running late for class, and my car doors were frozen shut. Mm. I thought, dang it, how am I going to get to class, you know? And on top of that, I couldn't find my mittens. So not one to be deterred, I put socks on my hands. <laughs> I put socks on my hands. Well, there you and go. It, and it, and it, it gets even better. So I go back outside, and my car doors are still frozen shut. So somehow I jimmied open the hatchback, crawled over the spare tire. I drive to class with my socks on my hands. And I thought, you know what, this is too funny to not tell people. So when I got to class, I showed people my, my, uh, my socks, and people were laughing. Well, one guy in particular didn't look too amused. And he goes, oh, Jennifer, that's nothing. And I'm like, oh, really? He goes, yeah, look at that guy over there. And I said, yeah. He said he had to actually walk to school today, and he couldn't find his mittens, so he wore oven mitts. Uh, <laughs> well, they'll be comfy. They'll be comfy, though, yeah, I would think. You know, so what, what might seem like a daunting way to you know face the cold and what have you, 
to us was just Monday because we, we grew up in that environment. So you just you get used to it and you just figure it out. That makes sense. Now I got. <laughs> I got to close with these three things. They're, they're part of Jennifer Fernjack's book. It's F E R N J A C K. The book is called Greater Than the Power and Strength of Emotional Grit How to Reduce or Eliminate Fear by Embracing It, How the Science of Optimism Can Change Your Brain Chemistry, and Ways uh, Perspective and Gratitude Can Help Carry You. I try to live my life by those things. I, I am, once again, if I need proof there's good in the world, there's a God in the world, whatever. I look at how lucky I am to know the people that I know, to live the life that I live. So I couldn't agree with you more, Jennifer. You're right on the money. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, there's lots of great stories out there. So just very quickly, how to reduce and eliminate fear by embracing it. I couldn't agree more. And instead of just letting it sit there rot away in your brain, just go right after it, and it will go away. It will. Mm-hmm. Yep, sun, absolutely. Yeah. Or your perception changes of it. Yeah. The science of optimism uh, can change your brain chemistry. I agree. If you're in a crabby-ass mood all day, of course, you're going to be, well, first of all, if you're in a crabby-ass mood all day, you've either been on Facebook or Twitter. I can guarantee you <laughs> or that. Or watching the news. <laughs> or watching right. the news. Right. Uh, and then this is the most important part to me. Ways, perspective, and gratitude can help carry you. Absolutely true. De- definitely. Even, even during the pandemic, I know that there, there was a, a bowling alley just west of the Twin Cities where when they couldn't have their patrons come in to eat in the dining area, mm-hmm. they had people bring their, their fish houses. And they set up fish houses <laughs> in the parking lot, and I they served them from their fish houses. That's a great <laughs> so thing. So you, you, you figure out the house. <laughs> Jennifer, I appreciate you being on today. The book, again, is called Greater Than the Power and Strength of Emotional Grid. Jennifer Fernjack. We've got to talk again soon, Jennifer. I love this conversation. Sounds great. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Jennifer. We'll take a break. We'll be right back in a couple minutes with the family. Hey, it's Tom, and thanks to Profile, I've lost over 100 pounds. Yeah, that's right, over 100 pounds. I've been talking about Profile, and I'm telling you, I feel fantastic. Profile helped me, and they can help you, too. So now that I've lost that weight, it's time to maintain and keep the weight off. You've heard me talk about Danette, who helped me lose the weight. She's now guiding me to maintain keeping the weight off. She's been incredible. And I can't thank her enough. She is great. You should really reach out today. Profile will set you up with a free, no-obligation consultation. No reason to wait any longer. Like I said, it's an absolutely free consultation. Check them out at ProfilePlan.com forward slash Twin Cities. And if you use the promo code Tom Barnard, you will save $100 on your Profile membership. Reach out today. You'll be glad you did. Check out ProfilePlan.com forward slash Twin Cities. That's ProfilePlan.com forward slash Twin Cities. ProfilePlan.com forward slash Twin City. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life 
is expensive enough. We are back. I love the fact we just had a woman on, Jennifer Ferngack, talking about uh, having a brain tumor. And instead of, oh, my God, it's just horrible and everything. She uh, got lucky. It was not uh, cancerous. But she turned it into, hey, you know, maybe I should concentrate on what's really important. Yeah, my mom was kind of like that with when she was diagnosed with cancer, lymphoma. <laughs> my grandma told me just recently, she's like, yeah, when... When Sissy came home, she came into my room. She said, Mom, I have cancer. I'm going to go make you lunch. And she just went and made her lunch. And then when after my mom passed, I found her journal because my uncle got uh, her like a, you know, a, one of the cancer journal. You know, you can yeah. just kind of journal yep, what you're yep, going through. Sure, yep. And it, right at that time, that's when that hurricane hit the Houston area and everything was flooding out oh, in Texas God, yeah. back in 2017. And in one of her journal, one of her last journal entries was, she goes, yeah, I know, I'm sitting here with cancer, but I feel bad for the people of Houston. They have it worse off than I do. There you go. So that was the kind of attitude she had. And, you know, I think if she wouldn't have gotten that cold, I think she would have beat the lymphoma. But, you know, chemotherapy completely wiped her out, and she got that acute pneumonia kind of like what covid patients how they're dying that's kind of like what she went through but it was because of the chemo but yeah she she just had a positive attitude and she just you know she tried to stay positive as long as she could but you know my mom was the type of person though she wouldn't tell me how really bad it really was Mm -hmm. you know she'd kind of sugarcoat it for me so um i don't you know, I don't know what she was personally going through because she was in North Carolina. I was back here in Minnesota. Um, she would be like, yeah, I'm doing okay. Doctor says treatments are going okay. That, that was basically the extent of it with her. She, it's like she didn't want to dwell on it yeah. to keep her in a positive mindset. So, How old was she? She was, she, she went in, well, she collapsed and went sick on her birthday. I think it was her 68th birthday. I want to say 68. she was born in 49 and she passed away in 2017 so 69 yeah yeah but so she didn't make it to her 70th but you know I mean it it was just kind of sad because she went down there to take care of her mother and then my my grandmother ended up having to take care of her <laughs> and my right, grandma my right. grandma's still going she t- tomorrow is her birthday She's going to be 94, 95. Um, She is currently in a rehabilitation center because she got really sick and couldn't figure out what was wrong. And I finally asked her, I said, well, Grandma, did they find out what was wrong with you? She goes, it's just old age. (laughs) Just maybe an old age. Yeah, it's sad because we do have to put her in assisted living now. And she's the type of person, I mean, she's been living on her own until just recently. And to make it that far, living alone at that age is a feat in itself. Oh, so yes. I said, Grandma, just enjoy it. You can go play bingo with the girls. You don't you have to worry have... about making your own food. I, exactly. I said, just enjoy the rest of your life. Yep. You don't have to worry about anything. So. I know. That's like Dan's grandma lived to be almost 101. She died a couple weeks before her 101st birthday. And she lived in her home, rode her exercise bike every day, oh. and had her special needs son living with her wow i'm just like how old was he um 
He's the youngest out of seven, so I think he's... He's a nice guy. Yeah, he's very nice. He's very he had um, he lost oxygen while he was being born, so he has brain damage from that. Right, he didn't get into radio. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah, super, super nice guy. And now, yeah, and so he's got to be 60-ish, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, very pleasant guy, no doubt I about think. it. Mm-hmm. Yes, very nice. So, Ralphie, when's your birthday? December 9th. And you're going to be? Oh, 70. Yeah, you two are the same age. Just like yeah. you. Same age, yeah. The reason I'm a- I asked you that, because I knew I was a little older than you, but it's so weird. When, when The day you turn 70, you're going to say to yourself, well, this is the beginning of it. Oh, God. <laughs> Well, seriously, on average, so, people live to be 88 years. That's only 18 more years from now. You well, have to embrace reality. Well, you can say that about anything. Every day you could be like, I'm closer and closer to death. <laughs> Which I have since Which I was is two days old. True. But day yeah. Well, yeah, every, when you're born, well, every baby that's born, you could be like, no, it's the end. It really <laughs> starts hitting you when your friends start dying of natural that's causes. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh. Of the third. 32 people that I went to 8th grade with, I okay. think there are four of us left. But how, how many of those are natural causes? Not many. Yeah, so <laughs> that's that's a different situation. There were not many. Some bullets, yeah. some hanging, some yeah. starting the car and never leaving the garage. That's, you know, there's been some of that. That's wow. different. <laughs> well, no, it's different. But I'm, you know, really, once you get to 70, you're like, okay, what else you got? Yeah. You gotta, you gotta kind of figure your life out and live your life day by day. There, that's you know. Well, that's what you have to do all the time. Yeah, that's what you have to all do. But it seems more real once yeah, you get closer it it to that age. No, whatever. Ralph and I could both live to be over 100 years. As a matter of fact, didn't they say the first person to live 150 has been born now? Has now been born. 150. 150. Why said. would you want to live that long? Well, that's not the point. Is that they're going to make so many? When yeah, I'm glad Ralph is here because they're making so many advances in medicine that that person's going to live to 150. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, oh, yeah. advancements in mean, variety of treatments. Yeah. Uh, that are that are going to make that possible, oh, and, and your life is not going to be bad. The oh, whole point, part oh. of this, is the yeah, anti-aging. Yeah, it's that not there's going to be yeah. acceptable treatments for your the aging of process. Life will still your quality be is still going to be good. No. You may not. You may not be to be kiteboarding, but uh, you know, you'll <laughs> yeah. be out there having a good time. Yeah, maybe Got to stop doing that at ninety-five. You might, be loop, you might not loop eighteen, but you'll loop nine. Yeah. <laughs> but see, in general, what I'm saying now to, for the third part is that even though Ralph and I are going to, I'm already seventy. He's going to be seventy next month. That. They're going to make some advances, and then at next, because the average person now lives to be eighty-seven, I think it is, unless they got you know you're a big booze hound or well, that yeah, stuff. Well, yeah, yeah. But they they could make such advances in the next fifteen to twenty years that we could live to be one hundred and ten years old. Well, you, never you have really <laughs> weird genetics, where it's like everyone in your family does. Not everyone in your family, but most people in your family do everything they can to treat their bodies horribly, and they still live forever. That's pretty much true, yeah. Nobody ever eats a vegetable or exercises, or everybody drinks like crazy, smokes like crazy. They want to be a statistic. Or has at one point in their lives. lives, Yeah, so, and then everybody's still like, I don't have any problems. I feel great. It's a misery thing. Part of that is the misery of all that. No, I mean, I understand that, but I'm just saying you have really good genetics we which do. play a yeah, huge role true. because <clears throat> your family does not treat their bodies kindly or hasn't i do you do now but you didn't I it's, was... it's a temple 
it's a, it's a sacred it's a temple. temple. My temple wants chocolate. <laughs> but I mean, the reason I even brought that up is because in the uh, 50 years ago, if I was 70, I could go, okay, I'm going to only live another four years. Wasn't he, I think yeah. like 50 yeah. years ago, 74 was, man, if you lived to 74, that was a big deal. Yeah, and my mm-hmm. dad passed at uh, 72. There you go. 72, so I got my mom, 97 and a half. My dad's 72, so. <laughs> yeah, you can be in the middle. Dice now. Yeah. Mid-80s. Get him out. Mid-80s. Right. <laughs> Do you think we'll make advances in the next 10 years that will keep you and me alive to be 100? Oh, I'm certain. Oh, absolutely. I'm certain. Me, I am too. Absolutely. Because their treatments, I, yep. I'm just review, thinking about the treatments of certain kind of cancers, which when I was a resident 30 oh, years God. ago oh, were God. absolutely in discussion, terminal, right, right you're out of here. Right. To survive and to surviving and being not only surviving but being cured. That's amazing. In thirty years, so another ten years, and, and that stuff is going to be more rapid, particularly with genetic understanding, genome understanding, uh, using using supercomputers to, to analyze things oh, and yeah. do multivariable analysis of, of large populations. That sort of stuff is going to start coming to fruition, and they're going to be able to find the reason for this disease and this disease. Oh, oh we'll just do a, we'll just do a little uh, CRISPR, CRISPR kind of repair of that. You're done. Boom. Infect you with the virus. Boom. Done. You're hooked up. You know what pisses me off the most, though? He was my friend, and he still burned me. I cannot be the first person to be on the radio till I'm 100, because Sid already did it. Sid, Sid, uh, Damn it. Rude. God rest, God rest his soul. Way to go, <laughs> Sid. How selfish. Steal, steal my thunder by well, being on the Well, 101. One of the greatest things about Sid, though, was listening to him. Honest God, at 100 years old, people come on. You know, I wish the Vikings would be a little... You don't know anything about the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> arguing with everybody. I just heard today that five of them are on the COVID list. Five of Vikings? Yeah. Well, they oh, play gosh. like it. doesn't surprise me. They play like they're on COVID list. I'll yeah. tell you that. Uh, five Sun- of them are I know, but Sunday's game was a really good game against Baltimore. Oh, God. They get their ass handed to No, it wasn't. Oh. No, no, it wasn't. I think, I think that you No, it wasn't a good game. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're confused. I think you're confused. You know what a good game They actually played they, like a no, football they did, team. No, they didn't play like a football team because a football team wins. Oh, <laughs> Well, and and they play, they, they seem to do very well that first quarter. Yeah, but they then did. they lose whatever their will to win after that. There's the problem. Fourth quarter is terrible. They're a terrible fourth quarter. Well, the problem well, they always the have been. Too. And they always have been. We had yeah. like, what, three interceptions that game? Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. But the problem, we get an interception, then we don't do anything. Yeah. It's like, no, the thing use it to your advantage. You know, I think because the game before that was exactly the same. They did started out good. Started out strong. That's how it always is. Lost the game, and, well, and it was you got a problem. You got you, you you got a problem. So that's that's a coaching problem. That is not that's not those players. That is a coaching problem. But here's why I just stopped caring about the Vikings, because you're wearing the purple today, though. Well, it has nothing to do with the Vikings. <laughs> okay, well, people never will say mind. that. Though. No, um, they've had the same problems for as long as time. As long as you've has, been alive. Yeah, and. They have different coaches, different players. Everything is completely different. Ownership's different. Yeah, but they have the same problems. Yeah, it's they like, do. how is this? How? It's the same I every know. single time. I don't get it either. And it doesn't make any sense. You think Maybe that something would have shifted. Maybe it's central, a central continent problem. Because if you, look at, if you look at the central continent teams like the Lions, the Vikings... Packers. The, the, 
Well, the Packers have been successful. The Packers are not So they're an aberration in that system. But if you look at the Browns, you look at the Bengals, I mean, they've not been good teams. Let me ever, ask you a question. Forever. I have a question for you about that very thing. I think the reason the Packers are different is because they're not owned by a greedy billionaire. They're yeah, owned by the people. That's right. I think that's the difference with that team. They're a co-op? They're a co-op. <laughs> yeah, they're a, exactly. They're basically a co-op. Yeah, that'd be, and that'd be wonderful if 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 if, uh, if a uh, a neighbor or if, if a city could own their team, the population could own the team. Yeah. I think that then then you have rabid fans. Then you have, you have people who have a reason to be happy with that team. Does. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, right. it is, it is a connection, which right. is yeah, rather Yeah, rather than people be just being like, I own a football team and, like, not actually caring about, I don't know. Yeah. You look at it now. The Vikings suck. The Gophers football team suck. The Gophers basketball team sucks. The Timberwolves suck. The, the Twins suck. Good How are the Wild doing? I don't even know. Wild are having a pretty good year. Okay. They, are they always a have a pretty good year. And well, nothing actually, actually comes of it. I feel like it's always like, up with the, I'm, with the I'm done. I'm done. But, but I'm not, just going to start watching women's basketball because they, it's all you can do. But win. it's <laughs> not a sport. It's entertainment. You have to focus on that no, and understand right. that clearly. You're it's right. it entertainment. entertainment. And yep. don't think that based on that entertainment that some of the outcomes are predetermined because it's entertainment. It, professional, professional, all for professional, professional sports. Wrestling, professional wrestling came out, came out and pretty much said that. Yeah, they. It, it, it's oh, an yeah. entertainment. You coming for an, and it's a wonderful thing to go say. Professional wrestling is a wonderful entertainment, even if you think that so and so is going to, you know, the heel's going to win. It, it's, it, it is not going to happen. Yet you still go, and it's there's a there's a piece to that. There's nothing wrong with predetermined outcomes. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, but. People won't accept that. They still think, oh, well, there's a chance. No, there's not a chance. There's no yeah. chance. There's a reason why Tom Brady was in the Super Bowl last year. And what? There was a reason for that because the NFL wanted that because he's oh, their God, hero. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. reason that oh, the yeah. reason that the Tour de France turned a blind eye to the doping that Lance Armstrong did is because he was the star. Mm-hmm. People you know, watched it. The, yeah, people, people, the, the reason yeah. that people turned a blind eye to uh, Tiger Woods uh, philandering and all his uh, extra trickery activities and all this stuff, they, they, they turned him into a hero, is because he is a star. Mm-hmm. It's entertainment. <clears throat> Pure oh, and yeah. simple. We accept yeah. that. It's fun. It is. Yeah. You're absolutely I don't know. Right. That's why I watch curling. <laughs> yeah, curling. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that is the most been very entertaining, ball. hilarious sport to watch. And well, curling especially is so women's weird. curling. Oh, it's. I remember. <laughs> Was it two, three Olympics ago? The Swedish team was led, led by a woman named Norberg, and the English oh. team was led by a woman named Bernard. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> when Nordberg, of course, won, I had I'd never heard Kendall. I told me about <laughs> every other shut day. Shut up! <laughs> you got your ass kicked by me. You got your ass kicked by me. Yeah, thanks, Kendall. Oh my yeah. God, I, funny. We we just uh, we just had, did FaceTime with a, a, a couple that we got to know in Canada. They're north and west of uh, Winnipeg. And we were talking to them, and we we're under the clear understanding that we, in the communities of curling, alcohol has a very <laughs> large part of oh, that. Oh yeah, do you watch the sports? <laughs> but, 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 oh, but there's one where you have to, where you, where you, there's te- certain teams where you throw your rock, and you have then you have to brush your rock. <laughs> You have to run ahead of the rock. Oh, it, uh, the stone. What? It's not the rock. I'm terribly sorry. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. Oh, 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 How could you oh, make oh, such a mistake, Ralph? It's a stone. But so, so you have to brush. It, I think that would be hilarious. You know, a couple oh of lineys. Boy, you had to run oh, well, brush my rock with a slippery shoe and a rough shoe. Oh, don't get me started. Well, in, things. Yeah, in different countries, different sports are treated just so different. Like, you know, soccer. People get murdered. 
in oh. other countries in South America because the soccer game didn't yeah. turn out. In Dan was just showing me this video of a in I think it was in Norway and it was a cross country ski race and they were saying that they had to close down fan viewing at the finish because last year it got there were. Just it was the fans got too crazy because everybody was too drunk and people were hurt accidentally because it got too out of hand. That, wait, I'm like uh, in cross country skiing. Is, <laughs> is it possible to be too drunk? I, I don't know. Yes. I love, There's a yes. metaphysical argument we have to enter yes. into. I love the YouTube videos of curling where they replace the the curling stone with a cap. So oh it, yes, it, and they're just like. Know. Push the cat down oh the ice. Really? Yes, it's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, they'll kind of they'll replace it, you know, with video yeah, editing. Right. It's so it's funny, really funny, but yeah, I used to go to skating competitions up in Duluth at the event center there, and they had a curling arena. We, I would just stop and just watch it for an hour in just awe and in entertainment. It's just so funny to watch, but they're having a blast doing it. Indeed. Do, do all the stones for curling still come from the Elsa Craig in Scotland? Because they did for a while. I have oh, no boy, idea. Boy, you know, no some, boy, you know a trivia piece there. I to was me, it looked like granite. Yeah, it does look like granite. Yeah, like yeah. a granite stone or it something. Probably is a granite eye. Probably. Yeah, something but, it's got, but it's got a handle on it. It looks. Are you yeah, sure it's not made weird. out of plastic now? I have no idea. <laughs> well, no, they got to be heavy. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Fill it with concrete. Uh, it has to be classy, Ralph. <laughs> It's curling. I'm certain it is. I'm, I'm sure they're all from Nordic Scotland. Well, what from Scotland? Does curling come from Scotland? I don't know. I, don't curling. Say, I, I feel no like it's idea. Scotland or Ireland. It seems like one of those, like those kind of situations. <laughs> all right, that's going to do it. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family. Yeah.